Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, Sippin' the Dry, brought to you by Real Fly Rod. And salmon season is upon us, sir. Salmon season is here. You need no introduction. Todd Mikesell, owner, Real Fly Rod. Love him. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. I'm ready. You know season more than anybody else in the shop. And I'm here to learn, so teach me your ways, sir. Um, Well, we're just going to talk about how to rig for chuck and duck salmon and steelhead in the Michigan fisheries. Nice. And the the salmon up in steelhead, there's four different varieties that you can actually catch in a a bunch of different rivers throughout Michigan in the fall. And so we're now approaching the migratory season for for uh, salmon up in Michigan. To come out of the Great Lakes and into the tributaries, right? Yes. Into the smaller streams and spawn. Yeah, these fish, uh, these fish are genetically programmed. Uh, in their fourth year, they will return to their birthplace, and they will actually run upstream, um, sometimes over 100 miles as the, as the river winds to get to uh, where we're actually fishing for them. Despite things that might change along the way, I, knew, I know they can continue on. They'll figure it out. Even if the the river changes a little bit, they'll still you know figure their way. I do know that. Yep, they they just uh, they have that instinct to, to find their way upstream. Yeah, that's crazy. And um, then the the anglers um, part of the attraction is when you when you walk into the stream, you've got these king salmon, and they're sometimes as large as thirty pounds, and oh they're they're literally um, you know right in front of you. Sometimes they're twenty feet away, thirty feet away. Uh, larger rivers, you might be casting further. But um, True. it's sight casting, um, you know, two huge fish uh, right in the river. Right in front and, of you. Um, and when you hook them, uh, you know, sometimes they just go absolutely ballistic. Well, 30 pounds they probably would. <laughs> if you get a fresh green male, they can, they can really put up quite a fight. They can go acrobatic. Okay. Um, they can create quite a racket in the stream. Absolutely. Now, will that scare the rest of the salmon in the area? Will that blow up that hole to say and be done? Or the salmon are um, are single minded in their purpose, okay. and they want to spawn. That's so you will spook fish off the bed, but and then they're they're going to end up coming back. Come back. Um, if there's a if there's a, a female who is uh, positioned on the bed, and she's laying eggs then you're going to have some males that are jockeying for position around her. Mm-hmm. Um, they can get quite aggressive. They can attack each other, roll each other, take chunks yeah. out of each other. They got the, that's a kipe, isn't it? The, it is. The thing, yep. and they can actually, that turns into really hard, and it gets teeth, and they knock each other. Trial do kind of do the same. I do yeah, they can really go after each other. <sighs> that's insane. Um, so you've been, obviously, fishing. You go up north. Uh, you've been with your family for years up north. Do you guys go to the east or to the west? or We actually, uh, I got my... Uh, fly fishing start um, fishing for salmon up in Michigan um, about 40 years ago and so we used to go up with uh, we had a family trip and my mom and dad and brothers uh, would all go up and we would rent a cabin on the Pierre Marquette River yep I think you've told us about that before the beautiful little place it was a wonderful place and um, we were on the uh, the fly fishing only stretch um, and we rented this cabin for about 20, 22 or 23 consecutive years. Good Lord. And um, it was really it was really nice. We took the kids up there. Um, just a great family weekend in the woods and um, great Every, fishing. Everybody was fishing. Everybody was learning to fish. Yeah. That's awesome. Have you, you said before you haven't been up there in quite some time. Where you're going to need to get up there yeah i think it's uh, it's been a couple of years now since i've been up there um i i try to get up there every year but um it's been a little more difficult yeah we have a lot more work here at the the new brand new facility mm-hmm. uh a lot of people are coming up here i mean i worked this last saturday and i say out of the 10 people that came eight of them already had trips planned and we're leaving soon 
Were they salmon trips? Absolutely, salmon trips up north, yeah. To uh, to the Manistee, mm-hmm. uh, I think the Grand River up in Michigan. They said they were heading there, one guy did. Um, where, anywhere else you would suggest, though? Well, you've got um, the, the biggest rivers, the Muskegon and the... Um, um, Manistee okay. uh, are both excellent rivers. Now, those are bigger rivers. Um, that's going to be an ideal situation for this chuck and duck method that we're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, just because the fish are further away. Absolutely. Yeah, and, the Manistee is, down. is nothing to shake a stick at. That is a big river. That yeah. is big water. Uh, and then you've got m- medium sized rivers um, like the Pier Marquette or um, you know, smaller rivers like the Little Man or the Betsy um, are all great uh, salmon fisheries in the fall. There's the, the Salmon River in New York. Yes. I, I have never heard about that till the other day when I was looking it up. That's, I mean, that's probably where they are, right? I mean, if I was going to look for salmon. Yeah, we've got salmon and steelhead <laughs> that are, uh, you know, that are running in the spring and the fall in um, in all the tribs along Lake that's, Erie, all the way up to Buffalo, New York. That's so awesome. Well, pretty, uh, pretty neat. Let's teach the folks at home how we can catch them. What are sure. you, you've, you've got an awesome setup here. I know the rod, the brand new wave. Yeah, so um, just I'll touch on the rod in real uh, briefly. The... Um, the rod that we have here is the Scott Wave. Uh, this is a, a brand new rod, and it's a, a wonderful rod. And to be honest with you, it's probably too nice to take up <laughs> salmon fishing. Okay. And, and the reason is, um, these fish are going to put a lot of stress on your tackle. Oh, big fish. And you're going to break. You're going to break rods. Oof. Um, so typically, you're going to want a nine weight rod. It's going to be ideal okay. uh, for the king salmon. If you're talking about the Atlantic salmon, you can probably go to an eight weight. Um, there are some guys who prefer to go to a ten weight for the kings, and um, just because it's such a big fish. I'd say rightly named the king salmon is the biggest. It is the biggest of the, uh, of, of, the, the salmon. of the salmon. So rightfully so named. <laughs> and then the the current is moving so strong that the size of the fish oh, and Lord. the weight of the current puts extra strain on the tackle, and that's where you can you can easily break a rod. Oh. So um, this is a nine weight rod. Um, the reel we've got is the this is the Lampson Guru S. It is uh, this is a great reel for uh, steelhead and salmon, reasonably priced. Um, but yeah. what we've got uh, basically from a rigging standpoint, we're going to have roughly about two hundred yards of uh, backing. backing. Thirty pound or twenty pound? I would go thirty pound. True. If you're a nine weight or above, just to be safe. Absolutely. Uh, twenty pound, I'm sure, would get the job done. 30 pound would be recommended. Um, 30 pound backing uh, is connected then to a running line. Okay. Um, it's also line. called a shooting line. It's a uniform diameter line. Okay. Uh, they are not expensive, uh, but all the manufacturers offer them. What you want is you want to eliminate as much friction mm. in the water as possible. Okay. So with your with your very thin running line. You're going to create very little drag in the water, and you're going to get a much better drift. Absolutely. Okay. Um, a fat, thick fly line, like you get on the head of a fly line, that's going to that's going to catch the weight of the water. It'll flutter. You can feel it. It'll pull. It'll bow, yeah. and it'll pull your line downstream, and that's why you want to go to a uniform diameter running line. True. Um, a little tip for you. If you do not have a running line, you can actually take your fly line off, turn it around backwards, I just and, learned that. And use the use the running line portion of your fly line. Yeah, that's so cool. That I works had no perfectly. idea. Yeah, so you don't even have to buy a specific line. And and, and the nice thing is um, that that running line underneath is perfect. It's got no nicks and dings. It's yeah, probably it, not it's, very dirty. It's it going to wrap right up on the, the spool the whole time. 
So, um, 200 yards of backing, um, then we've got a, a running line. What we're going to do is we're going to connect the running line then to a heavy monofilament. In this case, I've got Orvis 20-pound uh, monofilament. 20-pound, uh, uh, some guys use 15. Um, the reason I use 20, um, I could use 25. It's smaller. Well, it's the diameter is not really going to change much. Okay. You're talking about um, uniform monofilament, but what you don't want to do is you don't want to have to re-rig. So I know that if I'm out there fishing all day, I'm going to put my fly in the trees. I'm going to have <laughs> to rip it out. Yep. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to foul hook a fish uh, occasionally. I'm going to want to break them off. Yeah. I do not want to have to re-rig every time. Uh, takes uh, a lot of time it does it takes too and much it's time cold i mean it's by the time we're out there salmon fishing the water is cold uh it can be cold and and trying to tie out those knots when it's fingertips i'm already terrible 10 at degrees it, man. I these sausage fingers sorry <laughs> so we you know i like to use the 20 pound because i know i'm not going to have to re-rig so what we're going to do is we're going to take uh directly off of the running line here and just pull that out okay now this happens to have a loop welded loop a welded loop on the end which is perfect most of the fly lines and running lines will mm -hmm. so we're going to do a loop to loop connection in the event that you don't have a loop um, you can actually just take your your 20 pound or 15 pound monofilament and you can actually just take these two and connect them using an Albright knot and uh, we can show you the Albright knot and upload it into the video. Um, for our purposes, we're going to do a, we're just going to do a loop-to-loop -loop connection. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take this mono, and I'm just going to fold it over on itself, make, make a loop. loop, and now I'm just going to take that loop and I'm going to fold it into an overhand knot. And what I've got there is I've just got an overhand knot with a loop. And then you can see I've got a little, got a little tag of excess material there, and we're just going to go ahead and clip that off. So now that I've got a loop in the end of my mono, I can do a loop-to-loop -loop connection. Okay. So we'll just feed that through. Okay. Mono goes through the line. And then through itself. Okay. And what we've got is we've got roughly. 10 feet of mono. Now, I can measure this going an arm's length at about six feet, <laughs> and then I can go another half arm's length, and so I've got about 10 feet of length there. That's going to be about the right length, uh, unless I'm fishing in a uh, smaller stream like the Betsy okay. or the Little Man, and then I may drop that down to eight feet, maybe even seven feet if sure. it's really, really small water. Uh, but the larger rivers, I'm probably going to go about 10 feet. And so that's going to be just clear, 10 feet of clear mono. Now, we have perfected this rig over a period of decades. <laughs> and we've seen a lot of different variations. Um, my preference is I like to use a, a barrel swivel. So I know a lot of guys will talk about using clips. Um, mm -hmm. I've had clips straighten out on me before. Um, so I prefer the barrel swivels. These are size eight, okay. so they're they're fairly large, um, very very strong. They will hold up to anything the salmon can throw at you, 
And so what we're going to do then is we're going to actually just do an improved cinch knot, but we're going to take this and we're going to loop it through the eyelet twice. Two times. So we've got two loops, and so what we've got is we've just got a, this is going to come around and make our second loop. So now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take this and we're just going to twist it around. One, two, three, four, five times around. And now we've got to take these two loops because we did a double wrap. We just have to line up these loops. Yeah, make sure you get both of them. So you can feed it through both loops there. Now what you're going to see here is you've got you've got a tag that's about three inches long. We're going to leave that tag there. That's nice strong 20 pound mono and what we're going to do is we're going to actually just tie a little overhand knot in the end of that tag. Now why do you do that? Uh, this is where we're going to put the split shot, our weight. Okay. Okay. So, now what we've got is we've got a little tag with a knot on it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to actually take our split shot and we're going to attach it to this piece of mono and we're going to squeeze it on there and that knot is going to keep all of it from sliding off. Yeah. Now, um, some people like to use uh, pencil lead, uh, some people will use slinky weights. All of those are fine. You can okay. attach those to your barrel swivel if you'd like to. Um, the reason I use split shot is because it allows me to make very quick uh, adjustments. Mm -hmm. If you need more weight, less weight. Very minor adjustments. Mm -hmm. um, so I can, if I know these, these fish are going to be sitting mm -hmm. on the bed and they're going to be on the gravel bottom. Mm -hmm. And are, are we talking four, six inches off the bottom or are they like physically, you know, belly to the bottom? If they're, they're literally on the bottom. Because they're laying eggs and all that. Yeah, they're basically okay. just kind of swimming in the current right on the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, these fish are not going to move mm -hmm. for your fly. But they're not eating. They're, they're not, not eating. <laughs> Their digestive systems are shutting down. That's, yeah. They're actually, they're actually dying. They are dying, yeah. Because this is it for a lot of them. Yes. And so, um, these fish will not move for your fly most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, once in a while, you'll see one take off and, and it'll, it'll track it down. Usually you've got to hit them right on the nose. And Good so that, what that means is your, your depth, your, your length of your line has to be precise. Mm -hmm. And then the depth of your fly has to be precise. Yeah, that, yeah, when you're drifting. So a lot of guys like to use these sliding weights that mm -hmm. slide up and down your, your leader, um, which is great, but the only problem with that is if my weight slides further away from my fly, now my fly is floating up here mm -hmm. and it's not down where it needs to be at the fish's nose. Mm -hmm. So what I want is I want that weight Absolutely, yeah. that is on this tag and then I want to have another on the bottom of this barrel swivel. We're going to tie about 24 inches. Okay, so about two feet off of the barrel. Okay. Of, of mono, and we're going to use either 10 or 12 pound. Okay. Now, the reason we're going to drop it down to 10 or 12 pound is we want that that piece of tippet strong. We, well, we want that to be the failure point. Yeah. If, you, if it's going to fail. Yes. 
It needs to be the first thing that breaks. Yeah. You don't want the rod to be the first thing that breaks. <laughs> Good Lord, no. Uh, or your your heavy tip it up yeah. up top, your mono. Lose a barrel swivel. Because then you have to re-rig. Oh. So you want your weakest link to be your tippet. And typically, you're going to be probably 10 pound. Um, if you go to 12 pound, you're going to be risking, you're going to be coming close to risking breaking a nine weight rod. Mm. If you go 16 or 20 pound, you're probably going to break your rod. You're going to break that rod versus breaking that leader. Yes. Mm. So um, we'll take this and we will put our crimp our split shot right onto there. And then now we've got our, for our mono, uh, my preference is I've always liked the Maxima. Okay. And the Maxima is, uh, it's, it's green and it also has some flex to it. So it does very well when it's bouncing all over the boulders and the rocks and uh, it, through the stream, okay. um, it holds up much better. Sure. Um, fluorocarbon seems to be a little bit more hard and brittle okay. and can that nick in a braid. A uh, the Maxima holds up very, very well for steelhead and salmon in the stream. And uh, so that's always been my preference. Heck yeah. You can, um, you can certainly use any type of um, fluorocarbon. Any, oh yeah, like a spider wire or something. Well, you've risked breaking the rod then again. Mm -hmm. So you gotta be careful. Yep, you just want that to be the weak part of the link. And then uh, from here, we're gonna take our 12 pound. And then again, we're just gonna do another improved cinch knot. We're gonna go ahead and do a loop through here. Okay. And then we've got five to six wraps. No, it's okay. This is this is no joke, folks. We are actually working. This is a real shop. It's <laughs> a real fly shop. We're a real fly shop. I have real orders in the back. <laughs> and then we just thread that through our two loops. And we'll wet that knot because when we when we seat that, when we pull that all the way tight, the friction can actually melt the mono and weaken it. Oh my gosh! And so that's why it's always a good idea. Just take that knot, give it a little, wet way. it in your mouth, and then you can seat it all the way. All the way. And you can feel that knot set. Yep. So now we've got our barrel swivel, and we've got our tag with the knot that we want to keep. And then we've got the tag for the 12 pound that we want to remove. Boom. And we are now rigged up. Tie on a fly. And you have some laid out here. Uh, we are ready to go. Why don't we go with the egg sucking egg leech? Egg sucking leech. Okay. Got a little extra egg pattern in there. <laughs> That's awesome. So you talked about the weight of the rod being uh, the eight or the nine. What about the length? Does that matter? Do I want a, a ten foot? Do I want a seven six? We are typically fishing with nine foot rods. Um, I think the bigger rivers, you could certainly get away with a longer rod with the chuck and duck method. Okay. Uh, maybe up to a ten footer. Would there be any benefit to that? I would imagine that uh, a ten foot rod is going to cast and. I don't know that I've done it with the chuck and duck method, but um, a 10-foot rod should cast very well okay. with that weight, um, especially on a river like the Muskegon or the Big Man. Okay. All right. Otherwise, you're typically going to be looking at a 9-weight rod in a 9-foot configuration. 9-foot configuration. All right. Um, do you recommend anything to the folks that are getting ready to go up there? Maybe this is their first year. Maybe this is their second. 
anything that you would say, hey, this is what I learned? The best advice that I can give you uh, going in is uh, when you first step into the stream to get calibrated. Okay. And uh, what I mean by that is what you want to do is you want to take your brightest, biggest fly that you can see extremely well. Okay. Okay. So anything with like a chartreuse or shiny. Yeah. If you've got anything even bigger, you know, bigger, yeah, anything big yellow. Crystal it doesn't meth need, eggs. It could be it could be a streamer. It's just as long as you can see it. Okay. And all you're going to be doing is you're going to be you're going to be watching your fly. You're going to be putting it upstream, watching it drift down in front of the fish's nose, and you're going to make sure you can bounce that fly right off their nose. Am I standing in the middle of the stream doing this, or am I standing on a bank? Am I? You're standing wherever you need to position yourself. To, okay. To make the best cast and the best presentation presentation so okay so, so it'd be sometimes like, uh, yeah sometimes it did, depending on the stream and where the fish happen to be located you might be standing upstream and casting down and, and drifting kind of um, kind of like dry fly absolutely that's that's what i'm i'm, I'm getting here it's, it's kind of like that except a little bit more and so that fly needs to enter the water and then it's got to get deep enough down to the fish's level by the time it reaches the fish now one of the one of the things that a lot of people make the mistake of is if you have a little bit too much line out that fly is going to go just past the fish's nose mm -hmm. and now when that fly comes down it's going to go right across the fish's back and and your fly is going to stop and Ooh. now you've got a now you've got a foul hooked fish Ooh. and so um that fish is twice as strong well it's really it, it, difficult yeah to get your fly back. It feels back. like it's twice as strong, I will say. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, and you don't want to be you don't want to be, be fighting foul-hooked fish. So we usually will just turn around and walk straight away and break that off. Give it a little, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what that knot's for, you know? Absolutely. Um, holy crap. This has been super informative. Um, <laughs> anything else that you would like to add? I can't. I have so much going on in my brain right now. You you're full of salmon information. Well, I would just say that uh, you know this is this is a method that's not really true fly casting. Um, okay. This is really this is really just bumping along the bottom. Um, it's using a fly rod to 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 get the fly that's, to the fish. Yeah. In the most effective method, and um, we're trying to catch fish here. That's what we're trying to do. Let's, yeah. It is. It is, it is. We're trying to catch fish. Very very effective in the especially in the mid to larger size rivers. If you get into the smaller rivers like the Little Man and the Betsy, um, you may very well be able to true fly cast in smaller water. Yeah. Um, but the chuck and deck method is going to work for, very for well water. for uh, fast moving water, larger rivers, um, deeper holes. Uh, chuck and duck method is the way to go. The way to go. All right. Well, sir, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Well, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And for all the folks at home, tight lines, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you.